morning, everyone. second. Good morning, everybody. We've got uh, Sunday school starting right now. I'm going to go ahead and get started with uh, music from Hezekiah Walker uh, to give us, allow other people to get on with us. It's uh, Lift Him Up. Lift Him Up by Hezekiah Walker. Good morning, David Fry. Good morning. 
<laughs> Good morning, everybody. Um, we're 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 live on the air. Uh, you don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but um, we have a cat who is notorious for as soon as we start setting up to do live stream Sunday school. That uh, uh, that's Charlie the girl cat has to get involved in some kind of way, shape, or form. So. Um, she likes praise music. She likes the praise. Well, that praise music there, that'll wake up anybody. Um, that's for sure. So um, that was uh, Lift Him Up, uh, Hezekiah Walker, and I would say in the chorus, I think is the best way to put it. So um, thank you for uh, being here this morning. Um, you need a double dose of, uh, uh, frankly, uh, coffee this morning because uh, it was tough to wake up. It was really nice last night sleeping. Good sleeping weather. But we're going to get into it here and get into our Sunday School class and make a couple of announcements, too. Just a, um, a brief note, uh, the um, family of Dwight Williams, uh, family and friends of Dwight Williams, will be having an internment tomorrow. Um, I forget now off the top of my head the name of the cemetery, but uh, that's at uh, 10 o'clock tomorrow. Um, if you need more information about that, just circle back and uh, we'll try to get that for you if you need it. Um, but uh, keep them in prayer. Um, we, I was at the service yesterday along with Lynn, and remember, a lot of members of the church went, and it was a, a very touching service. Um, a lot of people there are very uh, deeply affected by Dwight, and for good reason. Dwight was a very impactful individual, especially when it came to speaking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So from that standpoint, it would be uh, uh, important to pray for those individuals in that family or people that know Dwight who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. So by all means, please keep him in prayer. Um, for as far as church today, we will be on our front lawn. Uh, the rain that was predicted did not happen, so the front lawn should be ready to go. Uh, please bring your uh, lawn chairs if you're coming to church today. might want to bring your uh, bug spray, too, off, uh, off uh, just in case. Um, and uh, be prepared. We're going to have a good afternoon on the uh, good morning and uh, early afternoon on the lawn there to uh, uh, have our message uh, presented uh, from the Lord and as well as have the praise team uh, present as well too. Uh, your tithes and offerings are very important. Please remember to send those as well. The address, uh, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320 if you're mailing those in. If you're coming in to us, there's a drop back box on the side of the church for you to uh, make sure to present that. And as always, keep uh, Pastor Gus in prayers. He's recovering. Uh, he's doing a little bit better. Uh, he was there also at uh, the funeral uh, yesterday um, uh, for Dwight. And uh, he's trying to move around there without a cane there for a minute. And uh, the Lord held him up. Um, uh, my wife is doing something like this, saying, no, you shouldn't do that. Uh, but uh, he, he, goes, he goes a lot with adrenaline, I think. Uh, uh, but keep him in prayer. He is coming along nicely. Uh, the improvement is that there is no pain in his back anymore, which is wonderful uh, to be able to report. Still working on that right leg. Uh, just keep him in prayer, and we appreciate you doing that and remembering him for that for those reasons. Okay, so we are in Colossians, and we're going to go ahead and get started with our Sunday School, uh, broadcasting from uh, Dining Room in Little York, Ohio. Uh, let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a, with a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to... Uh, get together, whether it be uh, personally or online, and be able to look to you, Lord, and just give you, first of all, praise and worship for who you are. And we thank you very much for your presence 
We know that where more than two are gathered, you are present. And we thank you for that too. We thank you, Lord, for touching our hearts as well as our minds, providing us knowledge and wisdom that we can use immediately uh, and be able to reflect upon who we are in our relationship with you. We just thank you for this time, Lord, when we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're in Colossians chapter 2. We're going to be looking at uh, uh, verses 6 through 23. You probably remember last week we left off at verse 5. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 23. So there's quite a few verses here to read through, and we're going to go ahead and read these now. And uh, you're welcome to follow along. I'm going to be reading uh, from the New Living Translation. Um, it's a translation that is very rich as far as present, presenting the word, and I just want to make sure that you're aware that that's the passage I'm reading from. You can follow along in your own Bibles. Uh, starting with verse 6 in Colossians chapter 2. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Verse 8. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Verse 11. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Verse 13. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Verse 16. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink, or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud, and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. For he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. Verse 20, you have died with Christ, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help 
in conquering a person's evil desires. Wow, that's a very rich passage. And uh, let's go back over this because what we're looking at and focusing on in this particular section of Colossians is about what Christ has done. And this particular section is referring to freedom from human regulations through life with Christ. And what this is going to be touching upon, frankly, is you know, a lot of us have rituals or things that we do, but we need to make sure that we're mindful of what those rituals that we participate in are and do they actually have true value in building up your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I can be very specific about some things that we should be doing that should be uh, kind of a ritual, and we might need to look at these things, and that's reading the Bible, uh, investigating it very deeply, and meditating on the Word. Those things uh, should always be done and be considered part of the uh, way of a person in Christ. Uh, definitely reading and studying God's Word and praying to Him as well, too. Those are all things that we should be doing. And we have to look at some of the stuff that is mentioned here as just what it is, stuff. It doesn't necessarily have any value in helping you to live more godly. It may give the appearances of doing so, but when it comes right down to it, God wants your heart. He wants you as a person. He wants you as a person who, uh, if you couldn't do anything physically, he still wants your heart. He still wants your mind. He still wants your, uh, your body in service to him and looking to him and not looking at yourself uh, for all glory. So let's go back up to the top. Verse 6, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built in him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Now what that passage is merely saying, and it's very obvious, there are actions that you have to take in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to have to continue to follow his leadership by being rooted, built up and strengthened in the faith. How do you do that? Well, that's something that you have to actually do. You have to build yourself. You have to bore yourself into him. Plow all of your effort into learning more about him as you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. In other words, getting saved is just the beginning. There's much more involved uh, to life than just getting saved. There is something that you have to do now with your relationship. It says you have to make an effort to build into him, and then your faith is going to grow strong in the truth you were taught. Because you're actually learning something in that relationship. You've got to follow his leadership. He wants, Christ wants to guide you and to help you with your daily problems. Do you think about Christ in that way? As one who wants to walk with you, be with you, help you through situations and circumstances. Um, You've got to submit your will to him. Let's take a quick look at Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. Um, and these are this is a passage that we've seen many times. But it's also a reminder that when we're talking about living for Jesus Christ, we have to recognize that there are things that we have to do in order to show ourselves uh, worthy uh, of service for him. We have to do some things to live and act in such a way where we are truly doing what's necessary. And we have to understand that these are things that I don't, I'm hesitating to call them rituals because they're really things that we should be doing as actions naturally. It's not something we need to uh, necessarily uh, put down on the calendar and say, I'm going to do this today. This is the way we should be living all the time. Uh, 
Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to transform you to a place where you are able to understand God's will, what he's saying to you, what he's speaking to you, and you are doing those very things and growing in Christ. And it says what is good and acceptable and perfect here at the end of Romans 12, 2. And back in verse 7 of Colossians chapter 2, it says you're going to grow strong in the truth you were taught. That's exactly what we should all be setting out to do. We should all be looking to do those very things. So those are things that are very important for us to see here. We want to seek to learn from him. We want to learn more from him. Um, it's really just not enough to go to church every Sunday and sit before a pastor and hear him speak. And then you get up from there and say, well, that's it for today. And you don't remember or retain anything that's being said. And then you're going to wait until next Sunday and feel as though that is going to get you brownie points with the Lord. Well, it's not going to get you brownie points because it's not enough for you just to sit in front of a pastor, hear him speak for 45 minutes to an hour, and then get up and say that that's acceptable. Um, because God will not deem that as acceptable. God wants to see you do this effort as well, too. You need to go and seek after him. What Pastor Gus and I are trying to do, hopefully, is to inspire you to learn more and do more. Um, we don't want you to take our word for everything that we say. We are going by scripture and we're going by what God is giving us to speak about. But ultimately, it's up to you to go and do the, the, your own digging and seek to learn from him yourself. Seek to learn about his teachings and recognizing the Holy Spirit's power in you. The Holy Spirit gives you power. The Holy Spirit gives you power to do what? To live in such a way where you truly are honoring Jesus Christ. Um, Galatians 5.22 is always a go-to verse, but it reminds you of those things that the Spirit does for you to help you to be able to live this life. Especially today when uh, a lot of people are just very sometimes hateful, sometimes evil. Um, might be a good idea if you're a social media person to kind of avoid some social media sometimes because it's good to turn it off. You need to understand that there's good things out there, but you have to focus on those good things. I've had to remind people over and over again, uh, turn off the TV uh, and turn off the news. You're not going to get a whole lot of positivity in the news right now. Uh, if you want to wait until the end of the broadcast and they talk about animals or whatever it is, that's fine. But God wants you to focus on those things that are good. That's exactly what we were just talking about in the passage in Romans 12 too. He wants to focus on goodness. Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I was also reading uh, verse 23. But understand that those are things that we should be focusing on. And we're getting this message over and over again today to remind us to focus on God's goodness. When you're not sure what's happening in your life, focus on God's goodness. When you're not certain about the outcome of everything that we're going through right now, focus on him. 
I think that's the biggest lesson that we all have right now when it comes to what's really important today. The more you focus on what the world has to say, the more the world's going to depress you. Um, and that's something that's very, very important for us to see. If you focus on the world, if you focus on um, the turmoil that's taking place, you're going to be off track. You're going to be knocked off your, your feet a little bit. And you don't, need to have, you don't need that. You don't need that at all. We need to be prepared and ready to speak pe- to people, to help them through this situation. Show people the love of Jesus Christ and all that you're doing. Now, we've only covered the first two verses of Colossians chapter 2, but it was well worth the time to spend to make sure that we are doing exactly these things we're talking about. We must show the love of Christ to other people. That's part of our message today as well, later on uh, at church. So, by all means, keep that in mind as we go through this. All right, let's drop down to uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. And we'll pick up there. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through, through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So what's the big focus here? Now, Paul, you have to understand, Paul is not talking about himself in a negative manner because he was a writer and he was a philosopher and he actually did um, and philosophy is based upon uh, human ideas, human experiences but he is not condemning philosophy and that's something that we don't want to do because philosophy is what helps us to think about what? None other than Jesus Christ. If it gets right down to it, it should lead you back to Christ. But what he was doing here in this passage, in verses 8 and 9, he was condemning teaching that credits humanity. In other words, people who think they're smarter than everybody else, people who think that they have an inside track as to who Jesus is as opposed to others. Um, He is focusing on those individuals who are paying more attention to their own wisdom rather than looking to Christ. Um, The answer to life's problems is not to dive into the world and look into more Uh, to answer those world's problems. The answer is to look to Jesus Christ. So adding to the turn off the TV thing, the other thing you also want to do is turn off those individuals who are speaking highly of themselves, maybe even promoting themselves, maybe even looking to uh, showing themselves to be a certain way uh, as being special, when in fact we are all guilty of sin and we are all in need of a Savior. Uh, And that's really what it comes down to. And if that message is being communicated, then those are the people you should be listening to because they truly truly are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about self-promotion. It's about looking specifically to what Christ would have you to do and recognizing that without Christ, where would you be? And that's really what it comes down to. I know where I would be without Jesus Christ, and it wouldn't be a very good place. For someone who has been through depression before, for someone who has been through um, anxiety, for someone who has gone through a great deal uh, in my life, I know where I am right now with Jesus Christ, and I am just very thankful to be here to be able to even speak to you right now about things like this, because that's what's really most important. Understand that Satan will attack you, and Satan has attacked all of us at some point, and has given us points to... Make a note of, yeah, he's here. He, he definitely is around. He definitely is one who uh, gives you a hard time and certainly does not want you to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. But 
God is more powerful than Satan and always has been and always will be. So if you are living in the love of Jesus Christ, you know that you can overcome Satan. You've got to focus on what God is saying to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And not pay attention to people who will try to say things that try to get you off track and not focus on Christ. That is really what it comes down to. Um, can't stress that enough. Um, we've got enough people out there who seem to think they know everything and are smarter than everybody else. And those things are not going to get you closer to the Lord. They're not going to help you be close to the Lord if you focus on those things. It's not that you won't hear good advice because we have um, actually taught about how God sends people into your life to give you good advice. And you have to allow the Spirit to speak to you to say and discern, boy, this is really good advice. Maybe this is God speaking to me in that way. We've actually talked about that when we were talking about making a pact with Jesus Christ. Um, prayer, asking, consulting, in other words, talking to other people, and trusting that the advice is good. Those are all things that we should be doing, and that's what we should be paying attention to. But you have that discernment of the Spirit to help you to be able to reckon with those things. Okay, let's drop down to Colossians 11, chapter 2, verse 11. We're going to try and get through a lot of this today. We'll have to see how it goes, but the, the action-packed stuff really was at the top of this passage. Uh, verse 11, back to that area again. When you, were, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Now notice that this circumcision is mentioned several times here in the passage, and it's, mentioned, it's been mentioned before, and you're aware of it. But we're talking about a physical, uh, not a physical procedure, but a spiritual cutting. And you know what? God, in some ways, had to show us the importance of how he had to physically remove the penalty of sin from our lives it was a physical act to do so and the physical act of course started with uh the death of jesus christ on the cross so but this physical this cutting away was not a physical one as we would know about physical cutting like a piece of paper with a pair of scissors but it actually does have some imagery to understand what he had to do he had to cut away our sinful nature Without Christ, we were trapped in our sinful nature. There was no escaping it. He had to be the one to rescue us from that. Let's take a look real quick at Romans chapter 2. And verse 29. And this passage was speaking, you know, about Jews and Gentiles, of course. But in this particular place, it had to do with a Jew um, and what it meant, it, of course, when you're born, you have to be circumcised at birth uh, after eight days. And, and that's something that we all understand. But now we're talking about circumcision of the heart. So God is using this example for us to see that there had to be an actual cutting that takes place. And even with that cutting, what takes place even in a physical circumcision? Well, there's a small amount of blood. There's a, there's a removal of skin. There's a removal of things that take place and there's a small amount of blood that's drawn and what it does though it does heal very quickly because it has to be done after eight days you can't do it any sooner and you shouldn't do it any later so it's really interesting that how that works out but we're not going to talk about all that 
But let's look at what it says in Romans 2.29. But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart by the spirit, not the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. So the circumcision that we're referring to was a spiritual circumcision, and that's the example that we're looking at here. And because of that, you were raised to a new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. People have to believe when they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ died for our sins and rose to pay the penalty for our sins. In other words, he's Lord. Uh, that is the definition, the short definition of who someone who is a Lord and a Savior in our lives. You have to believe that he, uh, God was raised Christ from the dead, and because of that, we no longer have to suffer the penalty of sin. And it's really that simple for all of us to believe in what his role is for us to be saved. There is no uh, hemming or hawing about it. There's nothing clever that a philosopher needs to say, nothing necessary, uh, nothing more needs to be said. That is what we need to always hang our hat on. So when we tell somebody, I don't know what to do when it comes to understanding who Christ is, just explain it to them in that way. Take them to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. It's explained in those two verses exactly what needs to be done. And, and these are things that we all need to recognize too. And, Ronnie, you make a great point. The circumcision, the spiritual circumcision, is for both male and female. You're correct. That's the spiritual circumcision. That's exactly correct. And uh, thanks for pointing that out. Um, and that is important for us to all see. Um, and that's important for us to also see, too, that the man has to be the leader. We've talked about that last week during the sermon. And the women follow because the man is supposed to be living the example of Jesus Christ. And the woman follows because there is that order that has been established in Scripture. doesn't minimize the importance of the woman one bit. The woman is extremely important, especially when it comes to ministering to other people, men and women. So it's about following Jesus Christ. We know that Timothy had people in his lives, women in his lives, that helped him to grow and mature in his faith. So we always want to point those things out as well, too. Um, I think most of you are very, very smart when it comes to talking about the role of a man and the role of a woman uh, in a Christian environment and understanding those things, too. Um, you'd be surprised. Not everybody is, is, is understanding of that. Um, and the reason why that is, honestly, is because the world's teachings creep in, and that's why we have these fights sometimes within, uh, within even the body of Christ, people who are supposed to have understanding about what the role of a man is versus the role of a woman. Um, all of us are under Christ's headship, so it doesn't really matter if you're a man or a woman. And so we always need to keep those things in mind. Okay, let's get back to the passage. Uh, verse 13, You were dead because of your sins, and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. That's in verse 13 of Colossians 2. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. And verse 15, in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Now, there's two passages I want to look at that go back to verses 14 and 15 here. First again, verse 14, he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Canceled. Canceled the record. What happens when you cancel a record? 
Well, what happens when you write a check and that check goes through and it goes through to the bank? The bank has to cancel it. The bank basically cancels it, acknowledges the payments being made, and that check is voided. And you can't write that check again. It's the same. Uh, that check cannot be just passed over and over again. It has to be done in such a way where it's recognized. To cancel it means it's being taken away. It's being cut away. Cancel the record. So let's go look at Ephesians 2.5. I want to take a look at um, 2.5 and 6. Ephesians 2, verses 5 and 6. Um, this is a passage that speaks about what God has done. And, of course, God is the one who does it because he is the one who has grace and mercy. This thing that he does about canceling our debt has nothing to do with our efforts. There's nothing that we can do to change it. Philosophers will try to tell you, well, we have to work hard at this. No, you can't work hard at this. You can't do anything about it. There's nothing that you can do about God canceling the record of charges against us because he had to go to the cross to do it. Ephesians 2, 5 and 6, Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He had to do these things. He had to make the effort to do these things. So, in this same way, going back to verse 15 in Colossians 2, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities, shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. What authorities are we referring to? Go to Ephesians 6, verse 12. We have to understand and look at this very, very, uh, with very special attention about who we are and what we are involved in. And I, I, I hesitate to go quickly here because I want to make sure that we understand that we have to call on the Lord Jesus Christ to help us because we are in a wrestling match. And we're in a regular wrestling match. It's an ongoing wrestling match. What are we wrestling about? Ephesians 6.12 For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not just people. But against the rulers, against the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And then if I were to add verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. When we're speaking about living in God's image, the E in God's image that we have used for representation is to endure. And there are times when you just have to endure. You have to get through moment by moment. And that armor of God is what we have to wear because that's protection. Notice how the weapon, of course, is the word of God. What you have as a weapon against these powers and spiritual forces of darkness that we come up against. But it's not anything that you can come up with. It's really what God's word is. But that armor that we're wearing is for protection. Because you know that Satan is out to do what? To seek after those who are close to the Lord and kill them and destroy them utterly. That is what he chooses to do. But we have armor that will not succumb to what Satan throws at us with all these spiritual forces. So we just have to endure. We have to put up with it. It doesn't mean we're not going to have a hard time. It doesn't mean we're not going to scuffle. 
Because we have scuffled, amen? Have we not scuffled at some point in some time because of all these things that we're up against? I mean, we can make an argument that we're scuffling right now, but God is also showing us there's even goodness in what's happening right now. Do you see it that way? There are a lot of good things that are coming out of this. Among the most important good things is that a lot of people are learning how to wash their hands, how to take care of themselves, how to keep clean, how to sanitize. And you can't tell me that this was not an issue before all this hit. If people are reminded now the importance of cleaning up after themselves and doing what's necessary, then that's a win by any account. You're going to have fewer instances of flu. You're going to have fewer instances, of course, of the virus. You're going to have fewer instances of people spreading and sharing germs. How is that a bad thing? That's a good thing. So I would prefer that we look at life sometimes with this glass half full because it's always easy to look at the negatives and be pessimistic about stuff. But God is giving you the ability to fight against Satan and the powers that be. And we need to understand that he shamed them publicly, as it says back in verse 15, by his victory over them on the cross. He conquered death. He conquered death for us. That's something very important for us to see and understand. God conquered death for, for us by Jesus Christ dying on the cross and being raised from the dead. This physical this spiritual circum I keep saying physical this spiritual circumcision this cutting away of our sinful nature all took place because of God's goodness in Christ's death burial and resurrection so let's get back to colossians chapter 2 verse 16 now this comes back to this ritualistic thing that I was talking about so don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. So let's look at this real quick. This is about whatever you want to eat. If you feel that there's food that you need to eat that helps you to believe or feel that you are closer to the Lord, then by all means do that. And no one should be saying anything to you it's like, how come you have that kind of a diet? What's wrong with you? You know, there are people out there who are vegans. Now, a lot of people are vegans because of health reasons. They feel that that's something that's very healthy. And understand that that's fine if you want to be a vegan. If you want to be a vegan because you believe that you can have a healthier lifestyle and that you can do those things that help serve the Lord in certain ways, then by all means do that if you believe that's going to be helpful for you. Um, and no one should be condemning you for that, just as we shouldn't be condemning anyone who just eats meat all the time. Now, we can talk about how healthy that is. But we won't, we won't condemn them. Uh, that's their choice on how to live. That's their choice on what to do. But we don't condemn anyone for what they eat or drink because it's not important. Let's just leave it there. It's not important. It's not important because ultimately what it comes down to is that Jesus Christ is who we should be serving and looking to. That's the reality of it. Back to verse 18 in Colossians 2. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels saying they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud, and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. For he holds the whole body together with his joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. Now, i got to tell you something. 
you, depending upon where you go, you can find all kinds of people that can tell you all kinds of things that they have knowledge of or wisdom about. Again, this whole thing about being exposed to things we haven't been exposed to, and I have the secret, and I have all this knowledge. Well, Paul is warning you about these claims. It's false teaching. He, and they were claiming that God was far away and that only could be approached through levels of angels. That's what these false teachers did. In other words, you couldn't approach God. You couldn't see God. You had to get to him by going to certain levels or certain places. They were teaching people that they need to worship angels in order to reach God. Now, we're not going to get into mentioning anything about any other uh, religion or anything like that. But if you have to take stair steps to get to God, that's a red flag. Uh, you know as well as I do that, first of all, the Holy Spirit, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, indwells within you. You already have God in your life, in your heart. You don't need to go through a series of steps or go through angels or uh, the archangel Michael or whatever it is to, to have this knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's false teaching. The Bible teaches, first of all, that angels are God's servants. Angels are God's servants, and we aren't to worship them. There's a couple of passages we don't need to turn to, but if you look at Exodus 20, verses 3 and 4, it tells you that you don't need to worship any angels. They're not to be worshipped. Um, when uh, John is speaking in Revelation chapter 22, uh, the angel tells him, Get up, don't worship us, don't bow down to us, bow down to God the Father. So these are all things that we need to understand. Um, Paul is saying that their sinful minds have made them proud. And they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. So people will say all kinds of things, but understand something. If they're not connected to Christ, they are worldly. They don't have anything to offer to you. And it's times like these when, you know, I said something about turning off the TV, watching what certain people say, make sure they're not being fleshly. Pray to God for discernment to be able to determine what you're being told is true. Pray for discernment. If it sounds good, you know, you guys will understand this. If it sounds sexy, if it sounds wonderful, then you'll go after it. Well, just because it sounds that way doesn't mean it is and doesn't mean it's applicable to you. So these are things that we have to be very conscious of too. You know, we, we see advertising all the time on TV about presenting something as being very beautiful, very wonderful, very lovely. I've got to have that. Well, that's the advertising market. That's what they're supposed to do. They want to sell products. So what do they do? They try to appeal to you uh, and, for frankly, uh, your fleshly nature. So discernment is always going to be very, very important. So turn off the TV. Always ask questions about those people. Make sure that they're humble in their approach. And in doing so, use discernment discern what is being taught okay um, I'm going to jump down to the bottom now here to verse 20 because we're running out of time I want to try to cover that part uh, in Colossians chapter 2 it says you have died with Christ and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world so why do you keep on following the rules of the world such as don't handle, don't taste don't touch such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them these rules may seem wise, but they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline. But the most important part of this passage is right at the end here. But they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. 
You can live a life and do things thinking that these things are going to help you, but they don't really do anything that bring you closer to God. Do they bring you to a place where you need to get on your knees and ask for God's forgiveness? Think about that. If that's what needs to be done, then all this other stuff that we're talking about, about self-devote, strong devotion, self-denial, they're not rules that need to be followed. They're rules that, frankly, are meaningless. If they don't help you to have a closer, more vibrant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what you have to pay attention to. Keep listening to God. God is going to give you what you need to focus on. If you're seeking God and living according to his will, he's going to give you what you need to live. And you don't need to get into all this other ritualistic stuff. Remember, the only thing that you need to be really focused on, and I'll close with this way of thinking, is that reading the Bible and studying it and meditating on it are the most important things that we can be doing as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And from that information, we go out and live our lives and continue to grow and just endure what comes up up against us. That's the way we need to be focusing. That is what we need to be doing. So we need to take all the other stuff out of our lives that take us away from focusing on Christ and keep those things in and build upon those things that help us to meditate on his word. And there are plenty of things out there that can help you to do those things. Uh, I'll actually be talking about one of those things um, during the message today that will help you. And, and these are things that um, I'm just going to tell you that if you have to sometimes look very carefully and make sure that what you're looking at keeps you focused on Christ. If it's not speaking about Christ, then don't do it. If it's speaking about other things, your own way of doing things, your own way of meditating without meditating on God's word, stay away from them. That's not going to help you. Remember, the world is very subtle in their ways of communicating with us. And it's very subtle in making sure that you stay focused on the world, not focused on Christ. So that's what this passage is all about. Freedom from human regulations through life with Christ. Understanding Jesus Christ in your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us to spend with you this morning. We thank you for the truths that we need to look at. We need to make a wholehearted efforts to focus on your goodness. Focus on you. Not dwell on the things of the world. Not let the world depress us or even anger us because of things we see. But rather focus on you because in that way we understand that you will teach us what we need to know. And how we can endure all of these things. As we reach out and speak about the gospel and the truth to other people. You remind us in Galatians 6 that we are to go and help other people. We're, going, we're to go and speak to other people. You tell us these very things because that's what you set us out to do. So we don't just stay in a cave somewhere. We still go out and speak about the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for those teachings and those reminders. Lord, help us to be an encouragement to others as you encourage us. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, uh, that is Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 23. We're going to go ahead and uh, sign off from Little York, Ohio, and move our way down to Akron for uh, today's message. Uh, just stay prayerful, everyone. Um, God bless you all. Thank you for taking the time 
on Sunday mornings to uh, join us for Sunday school. Um, we want to just keep teaching people. It's great to have those services broadcast, but we want to also make sure that the Word is getting out there and teaching people and encouraging them to get into what God's Word has to say. So for many of you, I'll see you a little bit later on uh, in Akron. For those of you who are online, come back and join us at 11 o'clock or thereabouts, uh, around 11, as they set up and we get ready for our drive-in worship service today. Uh, the weather is beautiful. We'd love to have you join us online if you can't be here. And uh, for some of you who are out west, like uh, my brother Nate, you're like in 100 and something degrees weather, so I know you're in air conditioning. Uh, you're not going to be sitting outside, that's for sure. Uh, it's not quite as hot here. So uh, we hope to see you then uh, again next week as well, too. Uh, thanks for being here, everybody. Uh, God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.